This content is only for adults. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This content is only for adults. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We're hearing so many things today in the world. Not only in the world, but in our nation and in our hometowns. It's shocking what happened yesterday, even though we've heard this before. But a lot of people are beginning to say, what's happening to our country? What's happening to the family? And people who are losing ground because things are being reversed are saying, I don't recognize my country anymore. And this people on the left. So they see things that's changing is losing for them, which is good for those who are on the right. And I say they're on the right, not in a political context, but in what the Bible says. I will separate those people and then the world to the left and on the right. On the right would be God's people. So we are in the middle of a separation. We've spoken about this many times. But how depressing and how shocking this school shooting down in Florida yesterday. What's the reason for this? Why is this happening? 
Is it because the church is so strong? Because the church is so weak? We're a Christian nation. And every vestige of Christianity is being taken out of our schools, our institutions, our country, our courts even. Stone number 63, taking prayer out of school. How back then when it was so moraled that we allowed this to happen? And look where we are today. Look at the schools. Today we're going to go into some things that is quite depressing because our church is in very much trouble. It is very, very sick. And now as we go along with our ladies' apparitions, we're seeing really how sick it really is. Because there's things growing in it that's shocking. Reviewing what we're going to talk about today is very depressing. You're going to hear some things that are terrible and beyond that. And so we start out with our read today. This reading comes from George Weigel, Catholic author, and he wrote this article entitled Men Without Conviction, Churches Without People. Europe's wholesale abandonment of its Christian faith is often explained as the inevitable byproduct of modern social, economic, and political life. But there is far more to the story of Euro-secularization than that. As a Presbyterian minister and two Italian priests demonstrated this past Christmas, the Protestant minister in question was the moderator of the Church of Scotland, Reverend Browning. In his Christmas message to his dwindling flock, Reverend Browning confessed that in his darker moments, he sometimes wondered whether, quote, the world would have been a better place without Jesus. If there was no Jesus, and therefore no Christianity, would there have been no crusades? Would there have been no Spanish Inquisition? Unquote. Reverend Browning didn't contemplate the possibility that without Jesus, there would have been no iconoclastic destruction of Scotland's ancient and beautiful Catholic churches. And iconoclastic, it means one who destroys sacred religious images. Nor would there be mass burnings of witches by his Protestant forebears who warm the pews in their churches today. But that perhaps would have been cutting a bit too close to the bone. Then there was Father Fredo Olivero of the Church of San Rocco di Torino in the Archdiocese of Turin. Turin being where the Shroud of Turin is preserved, which is, of course, our Lord's image miraculously preserved on this cloth after his crucifixion and resurrection. So it's in this diocese that Father Fredo is located. Well, at Christmas Midnight Mass this past year, Father Fredo replaced the creed with an Italian pop religious song known as Dolce Sintere. 
This is a popular pop song, and it reeks of new ageism. Father Fredo explains why he dropped the creed from Mass. Quote, Do you know why I do not say the creed? Because I do not believe it. Unquote. So, this is a Catholic priest in a Catholic church in a Catholic diocese in Italy stating publicly that he doesn't believe in the creed of the Catholic Church. He goes on to say, quote, After many years I understood that it was something I did not understand and that I could not accept. So let's sing something else that says the essential things of life. Unquote. Which evidently, do not include the confession of faith that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Weigel continued. Another Catholic priest, this one from Genoa, Italy, Father Paolo Farinella, announced in the leftist Italian newspaper, La Repubblica, that he had canceled his parish masses for January 1st, which is the octave of Christmas and the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, and January 6th, the Epiphany. Why? Because according to Father Paolo, Christmas is now, quote, a fairy tale from the nativity scene with lullabies and bagpipes, unquote. I pause here again to emphasize that again, this is a Catholic priest in a Catholic church in a Catholic diocese who has just called Christmas a fairy tale. Father Paolo continues, quote, Christmas is now a fairy tale from the nativity scene with lullabies and bagpipes, the exclusive support of a capitalist and consumerist economy transforming the whole of Christianity into civil religion, unquote. So there, no mass. Wigo continues. These three episodes illustrate a larger point. Secularism is not something that just happened to Western Europe, like the Black Death. The radical secularization that has transformed Christianity's heartland into the most religiously arid half-continent on the planet has at least as much to do with the craven surrender of ministers of the gospel to theological and political fads and their consequent loss of faith as it does with the impact of urbanization, mass education, and the Industrial Revolution on Europeans' understanding of themselves. If the gospel is not preached with conviction, particularly those convictions that mankind is in need of salvation, and that Jesus is the Savior who liberates us fully and gives us eternal life, then the gospel will not be believed. If ministers of the gospel cannot challenge the world's distortions of the gospel with the truth of the gospel, but fall back instead on penny-annie pseudo-Marxist cliches, is it any wonder that their church pews are empty? Christianity 
is dying in Western Europe. But the gospel has power, and those who believe that and preach it in the conviction that it can transform and ennoble lives can still get a hearing. Indeed, as postmodernity decomposes into ever bizarre forms of irrationality, the cleansing, liberating truth of the gospel and the vision of life well-lived found in the Beatitudes ought to be a compelling offer. But the offer must be made, and it won't be made by churchmen who wonder aloud whether the world would have been better off without Jesus, or who substitute sweet syrup for the creed, or who throw public hissy fits rather than celebrate the Eucharist. He said, but the gospel has power, and those who believe that and preach it in the conviction that it can transform and ennoble lives can still get a hearing. We don't need to hear it anymore. Our lady's here coming up to 37 years this June. And she's not telling us to go preach the gospel. She's saying, and she's talking about sacred scriptures, to be lived with your life. And still, Weigel is saying more, leaning how we preach it, and the preachers who are unteaching it, that's how we counter it. No, that's not how we counter it. They can unteach it and do more damage, but we can't teach it to counter that because they have more power in tearing it up by the voice of Satan than we do by us, a voice preaching it. Because when you preach the gospel, you got to preach it with your life. Your way of life is what our lady is bringing to you through the messages to change the direction of the world. And so we're headed for trouble. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Our lady said in the spring of 1982, Have you not observed that the faith began to extinguish itself? If Catholic priests bishops, cardinals, are teaching diabolical teachings, how will it not be spread the loss of faith? You say, well, is bishops doing that? Are cardinals doing that? Are some priests doing that? Many priests doing that? Alay said, observe that the faith began to extinguish itself. That's in 1982, 36 years ago. You got a Protestant minister, Reverend Browning, saying that the world would be better without Jesus. Father Frito has a principle that I won't say the creed, but he doesn't mind saying and putting forth a pop song that is stupid. The Catholic Father Paulo. Christmas is a fairy tale. What's happening in these congregations, these parishes? Faith is extinguished itself. Believe that they says in 1982, and how much more now? It's incredible. Our Lady is doing something on the second of the month that is overlooked, never talked about, and is Google-eyed with a lot of people. Oh, we got to pray for our priests. we got to do this. Our Lady talks so wonderful about our priests and our bishops. And yes, there's good bishops and there's good priests, but there's bad bishops and bad priests and bad cardinals and good cardinals. But what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to deal with these situations? Alay said, July 2nd, 2015. I am 
implore you to pray a lot for your shepherds. Should he say a little bit? Pray a lot for your shepherds to pray so as to have all the more love for them. Because my son gave them to feed you with his body and to teach you love. Well, see, that sounds good. Sounds like they're all good. No, our lady knows the future's coming back because there's going to be a radical change and she wants us to have a good view of the priests and bishops and cardinals and the Pope. And we should. That's not being countered. Sometimes we've had bad popes. We've had anti-popes. But God didn't tear down the church because of that. Because he needed no anarchy in the obedience toward the church when he decided to make changes with the Holy Father. you got to keep everything structured there. Even when we had bad times and periods we're going through, and we're going to a bad period right now. That's why our lady's here. But our lady goes on and says, Therefore, also, you are to love them. But, see, she says love them. She says respect them. My son called them. Then she puts this, this word there. But, my children, remember love means to endure. Why is she saying that? Love means to endure and to give. Why? Because we have great problems in the church. We have cardinals as a great problem. Priests, bishops, causing a lot of damage. How? Father Fredo has a bishop. He's a Catholic. He's in a Catholic church. He's in a Catholic diocese. Father Paulo the same way. And they're teaching to the congregations, Christmas is a fairy tale. We don't need the creed. And then the Protestant over there in Scotland, we don't need Jesus. It's a better world without him. But a lady says, but my children remember love means to endure and to give and never ever to judge. So how do we reconcile that? When we see difficulties, what these two priests are doing and this reverend is doing, and many of us who see priests and bishops and what we have experienced, you got to take all the messages just like the scriptures. If you take a verse out of the Bible and interpret it in and of itself, you can't do it without taking the interpretation of that in context of all scriptures. So you have to accept our lady's messages, never ever to judge. And what she's saying in this individual message, but how do you interpret that, can only be done in the context of all the messages. Yes, you can get a scripture verse and it applies directly to you, but that's something personally. But if you're going to interpret for something widespread, you, you cannot interpret it out of the context of all scripture. You cannot interpret their lady says, means to endure and to give, speaking that we have a problem. Because you have to pray a lot, she said in that message. So then she says, and adds to it, and never ever to judge. God's a judge and he'll take care of that. And they will come into judgment. But in the context of all the messages, what is our lady talking about at the end of every message on the second of the month for non-believers is a mentioning of the shepherds. So let's put this in context. The second of the month is for non-believers. The second of the month is to correct problems. The second of the month is for us to bring those people to the love of God. Our Lady is saying things very 
delicately the way she lays them out on the second of the month to show that there needs to be some correction. She needs to know that you need to understand that we have a problem in the church. And I said February 2nd, 2014, pray for your shepherds that the ray of God's grace may illuminate their ways. Why do that? Why is she saying that? Because there's a great need for that. We need our shepherds to be illuminated because they're not in many cases. You say, really? So we've got something in a sickly that came from the Holy Father that's called Amoris Laetitia. And it's You've got a priest, Father James Martin, who's saying, and going to Georgetown University, saying that we're taking the Bible life and the scriptures, what it says, out of context. This priest is in a diocese. He celebrates Mass in a parish church in Manhattan, where he's based. He's got a bishop over him. Why is he not being corrected? You might say, well, corrected for what? This is what he says. He says that the Bible's condemnation of abominable acts should be taken in context with biblical times. He said Catholics who support abominable false unions, mask as marriage, should have no problem considering themselves Catholics. So he's for that. And he also adheres to, quote, I think one of the things to remember is that is one teaching of the church, is it all right? That's what he's asking. It continues, so I don't think, for example, that you should say I cannot be a Catholic because I don't follow that. In other words, you can accept all the Bible lifestyles, reject the scriptures, and that doesn't make you not a Catholic. The New Testament says in 1 Corinthians 6 9 is a Bible passage that he talks about, Father Martin, that's been taken out of context. It says in the scriptures, Do you not know that the unjust will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the fornicators, nor adulterers, nor boy prostitutes, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drinkers, nor slanders, nor robbers will inherit the kingdom of God. He says we're taking all that out of context. A Catholic priest with a Catholic bishop. And he's spreading this and teaching it everywhere. And you wonder why, as Our Lady talking about the shepherds on the second of the month, just to praise them, she's saying something positive, who they are, how we're supposed to have our view and respect of them, and yet she's saying you got to pray a lot for them. She says, June 2nd, 2014, pray for your shepherds that they may always lead you with a pure heart on the way of truth and love. Why? Because they're not always doing that. Our lady's genius in these messages is to keep respect for the positions. Why? Because the message I just quoted says, pray for your shepherds that they may always lead you with a pure heart in the way of truth and love, the way of my son. She's reminding the shepherds. She's reminding us. But that's not to be looked at. That is not a severe correction. But that's how our lady's coming with love to show this for the future. 
So Father Martin's whole premise is that the church has taken abomination out of the context of the times in which the Bible was written. That the context no longer applies today. A Catholic priest is saying this. He used the example of usury in the Bible to form a parallel. He said, I mean, it's pretty clear the Bible's against usury, but we're okay with that now because we say, well, we have to understand that in the context because modernism says there's no usury. I wrote a whole book about it. Everybody now realizes it's usury. We've thrown it away. I explained detail why usury is still a sin, why the whole world says it's not. And so he's using this the same way. He comes up with another example. He also mentioned working on the Sabbath or wearing the garments containing different types of threads that the thin Bible response to such actions included stoning or otherwise putting someone to death. I also wrote about that in Look What Happened When You Sleep and showing that the Sabbath teaching is still applicable. But see, he's saying it's not because the church has dropped it. And so we come back to Our Lady because she's saying on the second month of non-believers, things to our shepherds that are positive, but we shouldn't forget that it's on that second of the month. October 2nd, 2017. Do not ever forget to pray for your shepherds. Pray that they can accept all people as their children. Why? Because they're not always doing that. If they were, she wouldn't be saying it. That according to my son, she continues, they may be spiritual fathers to them. They may be spiritual fathers to them? Is that because they're not the spiritual fathers to them? We got so many mediocre things in diocese and the programs are stupid that's doing nothing, contribute nothing conversion for evangelization methods. And Medjugorje converts exponentially. Nothing compares to it. And we're doing all kinds of stupid causes in the church where we have the bishops being spiritual fathers to those things that amount to nothing. And the terminology now being used in the news everywhere and what people are talking about in writing, a nothing burger. We have so much nothing burgers there. Our Lady goes up April 2nd, 2016. I implore you to pray for your shepherds that every moment they may have love, that they may work for my son with love. Why is she having to say these? We should know that. That's what they should be doing, except she's reminding us that they're not. So we got this Father James Martin. The bishop's not doing nothing. He's propagating heresies. He propagates things and twisting the Bible and destroying the understanding of the scriptures. In Father Martin's presentation at Georgetown, he got a big laugh when he ridiculed Laura Schlesinger, who was saying that abomination is a sin. He said, quote, It's a good laugh, Martin stated, because people use the abominable text in that way without any historical context. So that context, he continues, I think we need context. In other words, he's revamping the scriptures. He's got a bishop over here who's doing nothing about it. Why has he got faculties? Why is he a priest? I'm not judging, but we got to correct these things. We got to stand up to him because we're in trouble. You say, really? We got a cardinal, Cardinal Cupich, is talking about the new encyclical from Francis, Amoris Aticia, 
And it's shocking what this cardinal saying. He said it's a revolutionary document for Catholic teachings, an encyclical of the Pope Francis, of course. And he says it's a paradigm shift in Catholic practices, which he says is a good thing. It ultimately allows those who are not legally married in the church to receive Holy Communion. This is good. And this is an encyclical. Kupich implied that the Catholic Church's tradition, its teachings, and pastoral practices have been inadequate. He actually said, one's conscience takes precedent over doctrine. This is false. I don't care if he's a cardinal or not. This is incorrect. Your conscience cannot take precedent over doctrine. What he's references is nobody can violate your conscience. Nobody can violate my conscience objection. But I have to have a moral form conscience in league with the doctrines of the church. He literally says one's conscience takes precedent over doctrine. This is totally false. This is a this is a cardinal in the Vatican. So this means what he's saying, and I quote him. The voice of God could very well affirm the necessity of living at some distance from the church's understanding of the idea. So they've come up with an encyclical, and they've arrived at a point through derivatives, going from one thing to the next, that the voice of God could very well affirm the necessity of living at some distance from the church's understanding of the idea. So if your relative truth with you tells you something different, you can live at a distance and still be close to the church. He actually cited some Vatican documents that speak about the importance of the conscience. But there again, he neglects the whole thing of the right conscience. That's got to be formed by the moral authority of the church. He actually has said and spoken about a new direction that is required. And I quote him, Ministry as accompaniment, unquote, which should be marked by a deep respect for the conscience of the faithful. So your conscience, whatever it can be, if you're two men, you want to live together, then that is to be respected. So this requires ministers of the church to accompany those living in lifestyles that have never been accepted in the church to be accepted. Couples condemn Quote, pretending to have a general rule that's going to satisfy every particular case. Cuppage actually condemns, he says, that we should, quote, pretend to have a general rule that's going to satisfy every particular case. Unquote. Referencing people living in an invalid, intimate unions receiving communion, which the Sisiklu says is okay. So in the context of what this is said by Kupich, Our Lady says January 2nd, 2015, I've always prayed for the church of my son, and so I ask the same of you. Pray that your shepherds may come to shine forth with the love of my son. Why is he saying praying for them to come shining forth if they should be doing that? Again, April 2nd, 2013, on the day of non-believers again. Again, I am warning you. She ends every message like this almost 100% of the time talking about the shepherds. Why is she saying warning? That's kind of strange. I am warning you. So she puts this on notice, and then she gets something positive, but it's also something about correction. 
I'm warning you, pray for those whom my son called, whose hands he blessed and whom he gave as a gift to you. Pray, pray, pray for your shepherds. Why? Because it's a warning. I can't tell you. I can't say things that people start disrespecting the priests and the bishops. Yes, she has her holy ones, but we're in trouble. And we got cardinals, what you just heard, Cardinal Cuppich, saying the same thing. You think, oh, we're there way off base. Well, you want me to shock you? You want to hear something very shocking, very depressing? Cardinal Shoreburn, the Medjugorje Cardinal, Maria knows him. He's been there. They've been there. Ivan was just at his cathedral. He's embraced this whole thing. Cardinal Schoburn said on the last synod of the family. And what is he doing now? What is he saying? He's saying he's on board basically with the whole thing with the encyclical Amoris Laetitia. Bishop Lorne is a retired auxiliary bishop in Austria. This past Monday, he had a strong rebuke of the German bishops for proposing to bless same-gender couples. There was an intense reaction against him. They basically massacred this guy and crucified him, this retired bishops. Even Schoenberg came out against him. He was outraged of a comparison he made of atrocities in the past and what the sin is the same. It is. It's an ultimate attack against humanity. Because why did God destroy Sodom for this? Because it's an attack on everything. And Schoenberg is outraged with this bishop. And what this bishop Lauren did and what he put out is that he said that he was referring to Cardinal Marx and Bishop Bode of Germany, who was saying that you could bless abominable unions. So it's not known where Cardinal Schoenberg completely is on it, but the encyclical refers to these things. What we do know, in 2016, the Cathedral of St. Stephen's, which is Shoreborn's Cathedral, had an article in the bulletin that showed two men and an adopted child presenting them as a married couple. In the 2015 Synod of the Family, Colonel Shoreborn said in an interview, which he called for an acknowledgement of a positive element of abominable unions, and Shoreborn added, quote, We can and we must respect the decisions to form a union with a person of the same gender and to seek means under civil laws to protect their living together with laws to ensure their protection. We are so sick. We are so off base. And you wonder what happened yesterday with these schools? It's not going to get any better, people. So now you begin to understand what our lady is saying. You are my apostles. Strange. It's almost like a fable. Does our lady really mean that? She's dead serious about it. Why? Because she's having to rise up a body of people in the church to counter something that is very nasty that is getting seeded in the church. We are to be intolerant of these lifestyles, not accept, not accompany them. Oh, let's be nice to you, and you're okay, and we're okay. We're not okay with it. It's an attack against humanity. That's what the German bishop was attacked for because he said that. And he's dead all right. Our Lady says, September 2nd, 2013. Do not permit evil to come to reign. A new, I repeat, 
Only alongside your shepherds will my heart triumph. Do not permit evil to separate you from your shepherds. So how do we take on the context of these things? What you just heard five, six, seven priests and cardinals and Protestant ministers going from fairy tales, Jesus would be better not even come to the earth for us. How do we see all this? Our ladies associating these messages with evil that what we see happening needs to be corrected and we need to align ourselves with the good bishops and cardinals and priests. At the same time, we need to demand these bishops over these people to act and correct. It's not happening. We're not to tolerate these kinds of sins in the culture. We're all sinners. We understand that. But when somebody propagates something that's so vile as these sins we're talking about, that it's not sin, we are not to tolerate it. Not in the church, not outside the church, not in the culture. Walgreens just came out with a new policy. They state, all individuals have a right to use restroom facilities that correspond to their individual gender identity, regardless of the individual's gender assigned at birth. In other words, what you decide you are by what perversion shows you takes precedent over what God made you. How absurd, how crazy. And we have this right in the church, breeding these things because the pulpits are not exploding across the world, condemning this. Where would this lead? The same place that led to Lot's door, knocking on there, give us your sons. We better make this something that is not tolerable in the culture because it will be knocking on your door, and it is. You want to go into... Walgreens bathroom, a mother and a daughter, and a man can come in there. And we're supposed to accept this because he believes that. No tolerance. And so we'll end this with one more message of September 2nd, 2011. I am especially praying for the shepherds that they may be worthy representatives of my son and may lead you with love on the way of truth. Why does the lady got to pray for that? Do they not hold the office to lead us to truth? No, because we're getting a lot of garbage now. We don't judge them. We're never to judge them. That's a domain for Christ. But what we can do is we can demand that these Father Martin's faculties be pulled. We need to object. Our lady says expose evil. See, put that in the context of that. Lion voices. Father Martin is a lion voice. And now we got Carter's being lion voices. The church is sick. Thereby the world is sick. And what happened yesterday in Florida is very sick, and it's not going to get any better. Medjugorje is something you have to dive more into. You have to be a part of your day constantly. It's not enough just to keep praying. Prayer leads to actions. And we need to be more demanding and more accountable and hold our priests and bishops accountable because we're to long for their blessing. I'll read one more message. 
September 2nd, 2013. For the sake of Jesus, for the sake of my son, love whom he is called. We're to love them. Even these gross errors we just heard from cardinals and priests. To, for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of my son, love those whom he has called and long for the blessing only from the hands of which he has consecrated. It's time for you to digest not what the news media is saying, not what everybody else is putting out, but to contemplate the seriousness of the situations. And that's a message Our Lady wants us to comprehend the seriousness of her coming and the situation we find ourselves in. So your apostleship is very serious. And it's you who is our lady's apostles who will save the church. We're coming up with a great conflict, a mentality, an ideology that is penetrated into the church. And I tell you, when I read about Charbonne, it's scary to me. This mentality is an atomic bomb and it's happening in our midst. Take your apostleship very seriously because you're being risen up to bring victory to Our Lady in the triumph. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Metrigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.